Welcome back to The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and usually how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> um, how are you, Natalie? Um, I'm doing okay. It's um, daylight savings. This is the first day of... Yeah, yeah, yeah so of, it's already the sun's... It's 4 p.m. in the sun Ready to setting. set, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I tend to like it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready for it. You like when it gets dark early? Kind of. I, I'll get sick of it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... I guess now that, I mean, I'm supposed to be, you're pretty much working from home. Oh, yeah. All the time now. I'm supposed to be going back to the office full time in January. We'll see if that holds. That's the only time the day that, that this like really bothered me was like, and it's like, it, it'll happen like all winter, but I hated like leaving the office at the end of the day yeah. and it's already dark. Yeah. Like, cause it feels the like, day is gone. oh, my day's just starting and it's already over. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but now I don't think it'll bother me as much. Yeah. I'm trying to remember last year. I don't remember anything. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I, I also appreciate my morning walks are a little bit warmer and sure. sunnier. Sure. Um, okay. There's a lot of people who want to get rid of this. Yeah. I don't care. My dad was just <laughs> talking about how he voted against it. Yeah. I don't know how many years ago he's um, he's not always accurate with his timeline. Yeah. But um yeah, he was complaining about it. And whenever people complain about, you know, in like springing forward and making a big deal out of it, it's kind of like, it's just an hour. It's fine. And also, I guess sort of like, to me, all of our devices mm-hmm. change automatically. And the change happens while we're asleep. So I like... I noticed that like, oh, it's light, dark early or light early. Like, yeah. But I... It doesn't have any effect. Like I have to every six months, I have to remember to change the clock in my car, and that's the o- that is the only difference that I really experience. Yeah. But I understand. I guess some people have like a jet lag type of situation, yeah, which I don't. Yeah. So I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, well, let's jump into Friends season one, episode twenty three, uh, the one with the birth. We will not be talking about How I Met Your Mother Season 1, Episode 23, because there's no such animal as How I Met Your Mother right. Season 1, Episode 23. We, we are just doing just doing Friends, and it'd be a little bonus at the end. Maybe. Is that a secret? Are we no, keeping we, it a secret? No, yeah. We'll, we'll talk, we're going to talk about Mr. Diners, because, okay, the no, numbers... Yeah. Look, people, people wrote in about the Cameron Mannheim thing. Mm-hmm. People have commented... They've written reviews on iTunes. There's a couple of those. There's like, I get like feedback on, on Twitter or comments on the Battleship Retention website. I know people are listening. The number of something people are listening and certain people are engaged, but no, when we put that, we put out no the thing like, what do you want us to do? And there's not a, how I made another episode. <laughs> no one cared. Yeah. So guess what? We're doing with the hell, whatever the hell we want, uh, which is we're going to watch an episode of Mystery Diners so and talk about it. That's the default, and yeah. this is your fa- this is your your doing. Yeah. Now you have to listen to us talk about a show that no one else watched. Yes, you have to listen to but, us. But uh, that you should watch. Part of this, it, like the whole idea, was that like Discovery Plus existing yeah. and us and us discovering that all of the episodes of Mystery Diners were on there was about the same time we started started this podcast. Yeah. We were like, we should do a Mystery Diners podcast. And they're like, well, we'll find a way. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. So at the end, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about Friends. We're going to do a normal conversation uh, about Friends and the, and the segments and stuff like that. But um, 
uh, and then we're going to just talk a about little, a mystery dungeon. A little episode. bonus yeah. discussion. It'll be fun. Hopefully, yeah. we will convert some other people to the church of mystery dinners. <laughs> yeah. I think there's also like, if you, um, you can do a, um, like a free month of discovery plus. Yeah. That'll help for this episode in next week. But what about in another six months when we're doing this again? Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. Um, or in a few years when we have an entire season of friends <laughs> and mystery. <diners. laughs> oh, get excited. Uh, this essentially is a like stealth mystery diners, mystery diners podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to start by talking about friends season one, episode 23, the one with the birth. Um, not only does this episode not open at the perk, we never see the perk or any existing yep. set whatsoever. We it's are in, in the, the hospital. hospital. There's, yep. there's essentially three sets. There's yep. the waiting room and there's two different hospital rooms. Oh, and oh, there's, there's the, the closet. closet. Yes. Yeah. Which more on the closet later. But, uh, yeah, this is a, obviously an immediate continuation of last week's episode where Ross found out that, um, I'm going to say Carol, Carol, uh, is going into labor. So everyone, all the friends, our crew, they arrive at the hospital before Carol and Susan because yeah. they stopped on the way to get a Chunky, yeah. which is a brand of candy bar that I've never had. Um, I recognized it when, like, Susan was holding it up. Like, do you yeah, want Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I wonder what it is. Yeah, oh, I mean, this is what podcasting is for, for... Like dead air, us, yeah, vamping while I look stuff up. <laughs> I'm gonna um, guess there's a nut element and a nougat, okay, and chocolate, maybe mallow. Okay, hold on, hold on. You have to, you have to make some guesses. Oh, I just did. But you're doing too many things. There are three. Uh, there are three main ingredients. Okay. One is chocolate. One is chocolate. Is one marshmallow? No. Is it nougat? No. Is it caramel? Nope. Is it peanut butter? It's not peanut butter. Is it peanuts? Peanuts. Okay. Now, the last one, the thing that I guess separates... A Snickers would be chocolate, peanut, and nougat, right? And caramel. Is it caramel and Snickers, too? Yeah, yeah. there is, isn't there? Yeah. Okay. So, remove the nougat and the caramel and replace it with... You are not going to guess this. <laughs> Raisins. What? <laughs> a chunky is chocolate, peanuts, and raisins. What? I'm so glad I stopped to look that up. Wow. And so the answer, Susan, is no, I don't want one. I don't want a chocolate bar with raisins in it. I think I do. You I don't like, want a fucking, you like, like raisinets. I like raisinets. You're right. Yeah. But that, this sounds like molded trail mix is what it sounds like. <laughs> It sounds delicious. Like if you leave it under the seat of the car, like it melted, it, it melts and then, and then hardens. Hardens and not, it that's would be good. <laughs> All right, I'm official, glad you think so. Official food of this podcast, <laughs> chunky. chunky. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you guys, and I know there's some of you listening, even though you weirdly didn't respond to that one question, uh, you can find the Battleship Retention PO box. Oh yeah, at If you wanted to send us some chunkies as like a gag or anything, really, we would like happily play along and eat those chunks. We'll eat anything. If you want to poison us, if you want to want us to try your baked good or your, um, home brew. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, all right. So we're in the hospital already. I'm, I, I started this episode being super annoyed with Joey. Here we go. Sirens. Um, 
they're on there. That's Carol on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Um, I was super annoyed with Joey because uh, I can't remember if it's someone says something about the mucus plug and Joey's like, oh, we don't need to know about Gross. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I didn't care for that, but that didn't last because I ended up loving Joey in this episode. He's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Carol's OBGYN is Jonathan Silverman. Yes. Um, what uh, do you know? What do you know him from? Um, what do I actually know him from? That's a good question because I know he's in Weekend at Bernie's and that he's like known yes. for that, but I've never seen it. Was he also in? Um, he was in some other eighties movies. Uh, uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs, which is an adaptation of the never saw that Neil Young play. I've read the play, but I've never seen it. Well, he see. wasn't in Weird Science. He wasn't one of the um, dudes in Weird. No, that's. Um, that's Anthony Michael Hall and who's the other one in Weird Science? Okay, I thought well, he might have been the other one. Okay. Uh, Caddyshack 2. I definitely saw that, but I don't remember it. No. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Uh, oh, Death Becomes Her? I don't remember her, him, him in that. Oh. Jay Norman. Oh, Weekend at Bernie's 2. Who um, was he in Death Becomes Little Her? Little Big League. I don't remember him in that. Uh, yeah, but then, of course, I think I, the thing that I most associated him with, actually, is that within just a few months of this episode airing, um, he starred on his own must-see TV right. NBC show called The Single Guy, right. which I definitely remember. I don't, I don't know, but I can't swear to you that I ever saw a single episode of The Single Guy, but um, I do remember that it existed. Ernest Borgnine was in the cast of The Single Guy. Who was How he in How about the Joey Slotnick? Her? Ming-Na Wen? Mm-hmm. Jessica Hecht. Susan. Also. Oh. The Single Guy. Why, okay. I wonder why they showed it. Do you know who he was in Death Becomes Her? I said Jay Norman is the character's oh, name. okay. But I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, okay. Let's, let's move on, right? Okay, I thought you wanted me to keep reading um, nope. Jonathan Silverman's nope. one episode of Mismatch. If you remember Mismatch. Nope. One episode of Numbers. Oh, he was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I never saw that. I used to like that movie. Okay, well, um, in any case, he's a cute doctor, and Rachel cannot handle it. Yeah. She goes all the way home and changes and comes back. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan Silverman is not the only name guest star in this episode. No. Uh, baby Leah Remini is yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Um, she's well, so young looking. Well, not as young as when she was in Saved by the Bell. Right. But I guess she was supposed to be a teenager there. Yeah. yeah she's probably like early 20s here. Yeah. Um, very, very pregnant. Yes. She was. She's very pregnant. Um She's there without uh, anyone else. No one else is at the hospital with her, so Joey ends up sort of um, standing by her side, and they yeah. sort of, like, fight, but it's also kind of sweet at the yeah. same time. He has... Um, they start arguing about basketball and then yeah. build a connection. and. But then she has contractions, and he says, come on... <laughs> Uh, he like takes her to the door. He's like, "Come on, this way." All the other pregnant women seem to be going this <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So yeah, he's like her birth partner, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very sweet. It um, is very sweet. Monica has baby fever. Um, yeah, and did you notice? Well, I don't know. There's a little bit of foreshadowing in there. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing you're right, but we'll definitely get to that maybe with 
maybe with running jokes and motifs, would that fall under mm-hmm. under that? Mm-hmm. That's where I tend to put How I Met Your Mother foreshadowing. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so even though, so yeah, Joey's being a sweetheart, but he's also still, like, so, so clueless about yeah. childbirth that yeah. it's, like, hard for me to believe, almost. Like, I, what was the thing he didn't know? Uh, oh, yeah, he'd never heard of, like, water breaking. Yeah, he was like, oh, what's going on there? And he, like, the concept was totally new to him. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, because, like, if you've, like... If you've seen any movie or TV show, yeah, like, water breaks, that like, that's... Women throwing up means they're pregnant. Right. And women standing in a shallow pool of water means they're going into labor. That's... Or it, when a woman, like, turns down a drink, that means she's oh, pregnant. Right. <laughs> um... So then, anyway, uh, but back to Carol's baby, uh, who might be named Jordy, they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, I guess, what, what would Jordy be? Jordan. Like Jordan? Okay. Um, so J-O-R-D-Y. Y. Not, because yeah. I was also picturing, like, G-E-O-R-D-I-E. Oh, yeah. Like okay. Like Jordy. Yeah. But, it uh, could go either way. Yeah, but... Um, so they're arguing so much that they get that, uh, or sorry, Ross and Susan are arguing so much that they get kicked out of the room by yeah. the nurse, yeah. by the no nonsense nurse. I always like a no nonsense nurse. Yeah, um, I come from a family. Of them. This nurse is getting around because she's delivering all the babies. Oh right, she's also like, she also delivered just Leo one Remini's obstetrics baby. nurse yeah. on the entire floor. Yeah. The very small hospital, it's a boutique hospital. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, they get kicked out. They're arguing. They go hide like in a janitor's closet to have their argument out of sight. And then Phoebe comes in with her guitar. I completely like didn't mention that Phoebe brought a guitar. Like she's gonna be here a while, or we might be here a while. It's gonna get, get musical. musical. And she sings a funny song about how the babies you're about babies to have are, are gonna always, grow up to hate you. Yeah, and they're <laughs> always crying. <laughs> um, but then like, but then the second verse, it's like then you'll be crying because your baby like resents you now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that um, that bit. But so she she and her guitar come in to uh, to try and calm things down. She actually has a great like uh, she really like lets Ross and Susan have it. And oh yeah, she's like, uh, don't make me do this anymore because I don't like my voice like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> she's definitely commanding authority. Yeah. Um, uh, but then she kind of. Uh, Undercuts her entire argument by accidentally locking them in the closet, and the yeah. three of them are stuck in the cr- in the closet yeah. for the rest of the episode. And I would say most of the labor. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, uh, yeah. For most of the labor, I would I would say good restraint on friends for not finding like an in the closet joke with Carol. You know, I thought that they like tiptoed it because it came very close because Phoebe said something about like no this is ironic and I was like what is the irony here yeah I guess and I think the irony ironic yeah so the ironic is that like so I feel like the writers like wanted to like I don't know Maybe they just didn't. You're right, because what was she saying was ironic? There was nothing ironic besides, like... Is the ironic, like, that Susan, the one the who closet. was already yeah. out, yeah. is now the one in the closet? Yeah. Maybe that's... But that seems like an A to C type of... It is, but I feel like... Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but anyway, they're locked in this enormous janitor's closet. <laughs> yeah. It's so big. Yeah. Um, 
but luckily it's big because we get another great David Schwimmer physical comedy moment oh, yeah. where he's like going to try and bur- bust down the door and he backs up to get a running start and steps right in the mop bucket and yeah. like falls over. Yeah. It's, it's a great like silent comedy type of moment. Yeah, I, I really works. enjoyed that. Um, I feel uh, like these rooms are always locked in hospitals. Like this is, you, you couldn't, couldn't just walk in. Yeah. A giant, it's yes. a hospital. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. Cleaning supply. You like, no. Yeah. The, yeah. The janitor, has ben a key or what was the name of the janitor who comes later you see oh, his name yeah and I should have written it down I want to say it was like Mark maybe it's Harry maybe it's Harry yeah he looks more like a Harry than a Mark um but that's later we're in the the the, the closet and like Susan and Ross are still going at it about like um who's gonna get to like who's gonna be like what's this baby gonna think of me like i'm the father but i'm not gonna be around because i don't live with him right. and she's like but you're the father i'm not i don't have like a prescribed but he's like, like you get to go home you get to like see him every day yeah. and i have to and visit phoebe has first it starts off with another oh this maybe goes into motifs or running jokes phoebe's sad sad childhood yeah about, like um How she had no one dying very early yeah but it very quickly turns into like and this is the first of two times in this episode that I got emotional and yeah. Phoebe's like, you know, I didn't have anyone and here you've got, this baby has three people arguing over who gets to love it the most. I yeah. got very emotional yeah. in that moment. She made a very, yeah. very good point about how this baby is the luckiest person because, yeah. um, the baby has three whole parents yeah. that love it so much already. Yeah. So yeah, I get like a little misty just thinking about it. And I often, yeah, I often go to that, like in thinking about, I, I'm a social worker, so I work with families a lot. And like, sometimes I'll use that kind of thing to, and this is like getting a little too deep, but like there Not is something to be said when, you know, when a kid doesn't understand why, like the parents and the step parents are all fighting. And I, you know, when I talk to the kids, I'm like, look, all of these parents, like all these people love you so much that it, it's hard to understand, but mm-hmm. it's because they love you so much and they want you to know how much they love them, you know? And sometimes, uh, sadly, that's not always the case, mm-hmm. but um, I try to, like, pose it in that light for yeah. children who are Do you think you stuck got that from friend, like you subconsciously? I think like, maybe I did. Yeah. I think maybe I did, yeah. Um, uh, so then, okay, so finally they get after some more shenanigans, which we'll get to later in the funniest moments. Um, they get out of the closet. Everything's different. Leah Meany has her baby. The storyline with Rachel trying to hit on Dr. Jonathan Silverman resolves in a, I thought it was a very funny way, which is basically him like saying, I'm a gynecologist. I'm uh, sick of vaginas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, don't you ever like get home at the end of the day and uh, say, well, what do you do for work? And she said, I work at a coffee shop. Um, yeah. And the jo- yeah, the joke is like she doesn't get sick of coffee at the end of the day, but he's sick of vaginas. Sick of vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> and she just kind of like is sad and resigns, takes off her earrings. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of sad and resigned, I mentioned Lita Mini had her baby. Lita Mini's boyfriend finally shows yes, up, and yes. jo- Joey was gonna like bring some balloons for yeah. the baby, but he sees the couple together, so he leaves. And there's a moment of him like grabbing the hand of the clown there's a balloon shaped yeah. like a clown yeah and he like walks away like he's walking away with yeah. the clown it's very, very sweet very funny too yeah um the whole storyline was very sweet uh fine but everyone reconvenes in the 
the um, hospital room. With the hospital room. Carol has the baby, which they decide to name Ben after the name on the janitorial uniform that was in yeah. the in the closet. Which is like they don't even tell Carol that's what it is. I wonder. I wonder if that story will ever come up. <laughs> Probably yeah, not. I, but did it bother you? Because I know that you don't like when babies are not named the full name. Like, does okay. it bother you that it's Again, not Benjamin? I'm not being judgmental. I don't like, oh, I don't like when parents do this. My thing is... It bothers you. I feel, <laughs> I feel sorry for the kid in the lack of options. Do you know what I mean? That's why I feel like... You but owe there's it never to your kid to name your your kid the full name and then call them Ben or Benji and then if they get older and they're like I don't want to be Ben or Benji I want to be Benjamin they have that but option. That's the thing. They always have the option. No one looks at a birth certificate. No one even knows where their birth certificate is. Like it doesn't matter. You can say my name is Benjamin. You can say my name is Wally. Like no one cares or knows. You know. But, like, that's just, like, a formality. Like, it's not... If Ben grew up and said, my name is Benjamin, that's fine. Is it just the name on the birth certificate? But also, it's, it's also going to be on the driver's license. It's going to be on, on any official document is going to say the name. And what if they don't want that name? What if they want you the full name? You can put it, like, you can change your name pretty easily. It's not a big process. If you felt that strongly... For the, if it's so it's so easy to change the name, but it's also very easy for the parent to say like, "I want my kid to be named Ben." Let's put Benjamin on the on the birth certificate. I almost said gift certificate. I had to stop <laughs> on the birth certificate. Well, a baby is a gift. <laughs> a child is a gift. Um, um, okay. So anyway, that's my little like dumb thing that I'm on. That just like nah, I, I'm just I guess I'm. My dad called me Dave, but. You always had my name is David, David and I yeah. have generally I have generally gone by David. I there was a time in my life when I would insist on being called David. Um I like to think that I'm over that now. I I introduced I, I introduce myself as David, but if someone else calls me Dave or Davy, which you do, and now your friends do, and your sister does, <laughs> um, now, and all of your Twitter followers do, because that's your chosen name. Uh, yeah, on Twitter it is. Yeah, um, uh, I'm fine with that now. But anyway, uh, the baby's born, and I thought the Phoebe thing was enough to get me choked up, but like. You know, I talk a lot of shit about Ross on this show, and I always want to make it clear I think David Schwimmer is a good actor. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a lot on his face. Yeah. In this scene that was. Yeah. Very touching, and just the way that, like, uh, the baby was born with, like, a full head of hair, uh, which is common on TV shows. Yeah. But, like, when Monica wants to hold the baby and Ross is just, like, playing with the hair, it's all very sweet and, like, I believe it, and it was all very touching, and I yeah. got emotional multiple times. I yeah, got too. emotional multiple times in this episode. It was cute. I liked when Monica was um, holding Ben, and she's like, I'm your Aunt Monica. I'm always going to have gum. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's already determined, like, that's who she wants to be that's in his the life. She wants yeah. To be. yeah. Which, yeah. like, I can relate. Like, I always wanted to be, like, cool aunt that, you know, my nephew can, like, talk to about anything and be open and honest with, yeah. you know, cool judgment free aunt. That's what I've always wanted to be. Yeah. I think what I've realized now that I am an uncle 
multiple times over, but especially on your side, I'm an uncle to a teenager. Yeah. I don't think there is any such thing as being a cool aunt or uncle. There's being cool for an aunt or uncle. Right. <laughs> like, or I just think, like cooler than parents. Yes. I, I think that's, I do think that's what we are to our teenage nephew. We're cooler than parents. Cool for our age. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even then, <laughs> jury's out. Um, but, uh, so yeah, the, the episode ends and then there's a, there's a tag at the end that I think, I feel like I liked in concept, but like went on forever and wasn't that funny and was weirdly uncomfortable where it's like from the baby's point of view yeah. and Ross is like talking yeah. and then all the other friends. So you're looking up and all the other, like the gang are leaning over and it made me feel like weirdly, like stop looking at me. <laughs> like it made me feel weirdly vulnerable and uncomfortable and it wasn't especially funny. Although there were a lot of funny faces being made. Yeah. I thought it was cute. It went on a little long. It did. Yeah, because it stopped because Rachel said, you guys want to go get coffee? And then they leave and then come back into the frame. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cute. Do you have anything else before we move on to funniest moments? Because I have so many funniest moments. Um, no, I guess not. Because this, this episode, in addition to making me cry twice, made me laugh as hard as any episode this season. I'm kind of... I'm especially sad there's no How I Met Your Mother this week because I, we don't get to play favorites and I don't get to talk about how great... I mean, I am talking about it, but, like, this episode is great. Yeah. This is, I think... This is the best episode of Friends we have watched so far. I oh, think. wow. Okay, good. I'm glad you like it. Um, um, it's very, very funny. So I'll... I'll st- I have so many, but okay. I'll start with... We didn't even talk about the Phoebe's attempt to get out of the closet by crawling up into the vent oh, yes, and yes, they yes, leave yes, her there yes. and then after the baby's born you, yeah. <laughs> you hear Phoebe's voice from the vent you guys he's beautiful and you realize oh Phoebe's still up She's, there that was that was the biggest laugh of me for the episode and it was a surprise because we we forget we what forgot Phoebe's was, up yeah, to yeah. yeah um yeah that was the funniest moment um you name one I have so many so we'll go back and forth if you have more so in the little scene with Leah Remini like the I guess the father of the baby shows up because the Leah Remini's mom like told him that she's having the baby and so when Joey like peeks into the room and sees them having this like sweet moment with the baby and the dude said is this her and she said no it's a loner yeah that's that's on my list and that too. was very funny <laughs> yeah um I'll work backwards um when they leave Phoebe in the vent like hanging half out of the vent the the real and she's wearing the like fake janitor's yeah. <laughs> outfit the real janitor calls after them you forgot your legs yeah that's funny that was funny um uh, i have another one well you yeah. kind of you kind of took one of them like um when leah remini is like going into labor joey like ushers her yeah. into the room and he's like I, I i don't know where we're going but all the other pregnant women seem to be walking this yep. way that was funny but my real one it was the Chandler joke and it, I don't think you'll think it's funny, but I thought the delivery of it was funny when, um, Monica's upset that she doesn't have a baby. She Uh has baby fever and he kind of make, he kind of starts like a pact with her and says like, (laughs) if you're not married by the time you're 40 and then she takes offense to that and is like, why am I not married? What's wrong with me? Why am I not married? And, um, Chandler says in a very funny way, Dear God, the parachute, the parachute is a knapsack. <laughs> and then tumbles over the back and of the And then tumbles chair. over the... No, yeah. that was funny. Um, the parachute is a knapsack is a funny thing to say. Yeah. 
Um, I liked. Uh, do you have any more? Um, I'll, if that was your oh, list. just the with the baby, um, the baby shaped balloon and Joey walking down the hallway. Yeah. That was just like a visual gag. Yeah. Was oh, funny. it was a baby. I thought I thought it was a clown, but it was a baby. I think it was a baby. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, okay, I'll run off just a few more. You covered. Uh, no, this is a loner. Um, Phoebe, put, when she puts on the Jenner's outfit that says Ben, and she's like, I'm Ben. That was yeah. funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, uh, when Susan says, you know, uh, you've got Father's Day, Carol's got Mother's Day, there's no lesbian lover day, and Ross says, every day is lesbian right. lover day. Yeah. Which is funny, but also I want to say, like, she's a mother. She. She's also Mother's Day. Yes. That's how that's this guy. I yes. want to tell Susan, like, you also get to celebrate Mother's Day. Yes. Just because you didn't, like, carry the baby doesn't mean that you're not its mother. Exactly. You're still the mother. But anyway, I still thought every day is lesbian lover day. Because I always, I'm going to get up my high horse or my soapbox again. Okay. Uh, because the, what that the, that structure, where that comes from is when kids always say on Father's Day or Mother's Why don't Day. I get when's it? Kids Day? Yeah. And parents say every day is Kids Day. Yeah. I'm still mad about that because no, it's no not. day is kid's day. Being a kid means not getting to do what you want and being, having to do what other people tell you to do. Like there is no such thing as kid's day. Kid's day is when you turn 18. <laughs> I, but I think you is when you get to, when you get, live on your own, when you get to do whatever you want, that's when you're a kid. You're, but you're an atypical specimen because like for a lot of parents, like life revolves around their kids and it very much seems like everything I do is for these kids. Every day is kids day. Like I take you to McDonald's. I take you to Disneyland. Like there's always something like pick you, take you to soccer, take you to, you know, so it does feel like for parents, like every day is kids day. My whole life is devoted to you. No, I get why it feels like that for parents, but to kids, it feels like these are the people who tell me no. These are the people who tell me. Right. But some kids are like, yes, Happy Meal. Like, I think some kids appreciate being a kid more than you do. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, I want to make clear, I had a good childhood. I think I've just been... Look, I am now 39 years old. But I think I've been 27 years old (laughs) since I was about five. And I remain about 27 years old. I think I'm like, I'm a permanent (laughs) 27-year-old in my brain and that started when what I was happened when you were 27 that just but I'm saying it was even before like I think I always knew like yeah, this is that's where I, that's the age I'm going to be most comfortable at and that's uh, no but I think we can go deeper and say like what happened in your 27th year uh well let's see 27 would have been um so I would have turned 28 in 2010. So 27 would have been late 2009 and most of 2010. So you and I were already together. I moved in here when <gasps> I was 27. Right? Yeah. We still live in this place and I'm 39. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a good year. I think I was like... This is where I want to be. This yeah, is... by that part, by that point, I had... I had a job I liked. Not a, I, I, I love my job now, but I, I had yeah. a job job then, and I was with you, and uh, but still like young enough that I could like yeah be out till 
2 a.m. and go to work the next day, which yes. I cannot do yes. anymore. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm a 27-year-old. But I had I want to make clear, I had a good childhood. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was not, like, eager to, like, get out of some s- terrible situation. I had a good childhood. I was yeah. just, like, i just always been an old soul, I guess, yes. is, the, is the saying. Um, all right, some more funniest uh, moments I liked. Uh Joey's idea of where he'll be when his kid is born in the waiting room handing out cigars. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we needed the, like, Chandler, like, uh, Joey's made arrangements to have his baby in a movie from the 50s, whatever. Like, that's funny, but I also, like, it was maybe funnier just on its own. Yeah. But I think that, like, that, like, hanging a lantern on, like, commenting on the thing has become such a big part of what comedy is now, and I feel like that has its root in the everything's ironic 90s right um and i wish we could get away i I feel like certain parts of the comedy world are but i wish in the mainstream we could get away from everything having to be self-aware yeah um and and letting stuff just be funny and sometimes silly or whatever so i i I, as, as much as i thought chandler's retort was funny if i had been there in person and it were real i would have laughed at it yeah um, as a viewer, I thought it was funnier without. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making the same point over and over again. Yeah. Uh, last funniest moment, uh, when earlier when Chandler and Monica are talking, and Monica says, uh, let's, go get, let's go get some coffee, and Chandler says, oh, okay, because we never do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to friends, but make it fashion. Uh, this was not, for me... A big fashion episode. I didn't like it, a lot of these it clothes. It really wasn't, yeah. The thing that really stuck out to me was uh, Leah Remini's boyfriend's enormous knit sweater. Oh, I didn't notice <laughs> it looked, that. It was like, it looks ridiculous the way that a lot of the oversized clothes that these characters, yeah. these men especially, wear in the 90s. Yeah. looks ridiculous. But also a part of me was like, because like you mentioned, it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's getting dark earlier. It's getting a little chilly. I was like, oh, it looks like a comfy sweater. <laughs> Yeah, like, ooh, cable knit. Yeah, I um, Yeah, I guess I noticed, like, when Ross, like, gets to the hospital, he's wearing, like, a tie, and by the end of the episode, he's, like, he takes it off. I don't know where he puts he, it. Uh, yeah, he takes it off in the closet, right? He, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel that um, Susan is a very attractive person. Um, I liked her outfit and her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing really remarkable. What did you think of? I almost, I kept wanting to write it down, but I, I didn't love it, and I didn't know how to describe it. How would you describe Monica's dress that she's wearing? Because it's it's collared. Yeah, it, it looks looked like like so formal. It was very like businessy. Because of the the material was like a stiffer material. Yeah, it was like yeah, kind of like sooty. But it also wasn't. It was also kind of short. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. I don't know how you'd describe that dress. It looked like. From, like, a certain point up, it looks like a short sleeve dress shirt. Right. But then it's just a dress. Beneath. Just, like, a short, yeah. Um, also, like, Rachel goes home to, like, change into, like, a slinky little dress, and I'm always, like, if I'm in a hospital, it's, like, cold. Like, you want a sweater. It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's cold. Like, yeah. you don't need to be, like, I don't know, wearing, like, a little, like, silky... Anything for a uh, hot doc. Yeah. I liked that. I liked us learning that. Did we learn for the first time Rachel's dad was Her a doctor? A, yeah. Because Chandler like makes what he thinks is like a broad joke. Like, what was your dad a doctor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, do you have any running jokes or motifs to point out? I know you have something, some, some 
we should we should add foreshadowing to oh yeah this um, this category. Yeah, I actually have a few things here. Um, we've mentioned before the show is the show can never like not have a fat phobic joke. Okay. Um, and this was like on the way to the hospital. Carol and Susan stop for a chunky, and then Chandler makes a joke like, "Oh no, Ross says you can't stop for chunkies." And then Chandler makes a joke. Yeah, that's what my bumper sticker says. But I think it's like a don't oh, stop for like chunky. like a no fat chick. Like a no, yes. Yeah. And I think that that's what the joke was supposed to be. Um, also, we talk about um, just the entitlement of this crew and how they make every like environment they're in their living room. So they're, <laughs> they take up all the chairs in the waiting room, all the couches. Phoebe brings a guitar everything revolves around them. Meanwhile, there are other patients, like possibly like grieving family members and they, they have no regard for anyone else. Hopefully. Oh God. Hopefully not grieving family members. This is the obstetrics. This is like the, well, you never know. It's a hospital. So so you never know. Wouldn't wouldn't the ICU have its own waiting room? We don't know what happens. Sometimes in Obstetrics, oh. yeah. Sad oh, things happen in hospitals. Childbirth yeah. or, or babies are stillborn. It's so yes. sad. Yes, yes. And they're, you Natalie, know... you really brought this episode down. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a realist. And this is just the things that matter. Um, but yeah, making every room in their living room. And when Phoebe was singing the song about like babies being annoying yeah. <laughs> and hating their parents, like she was getting dirty looks from, you know, just like people in the waiting room. Yeah, yeah. And then Ross put a coin in her coffee cup so so she'd stop yeah yeah um but i did think it was cute that like phoebe's like oh things might get musical like this is what i do she's trying to bring some levity to the situation bring some music in i like that um so yeah we we talked a little bit about foreshadowing Uh, i don't know what you know about like the relationships that we'll see through the series um no, I know that at one point Monica and Chandler are engaged. Okay. And the reason I know that is because I know, I don't know why, like, because I've seen like weird reruns here and there. Mm-hmm. Odd, I should say the odd rerun. They're not weird. They're episodes of Friends. They're mm-hmm. normal reruns. Right. But the odd rerun here and there. And um, for some reason, one, do you ever have this like with certain shows that like we run all the time, like you never really watch them, but somehow yeah. you end up on the same episode multiple times. Yes. So yes. multiple times I've had, I've seen, there's an episode where I don't even know if they are engaged yet, but Monica like puts her name in to reserve like a wedding venue just because mm-hmm. she like is like fantasizing mm-hmm. or whatever. And Chandler like, hears the voicemail and like freaks out like yeah. oh, she's trying so I've seen that episode like at least twice weirdly so I know that they're together if not engaged okay um that's all I know uh, any other things before we uh no I have um no props to the props this episode yeah what about those balloons that, that would be prop department right the Joey balloons yeah I guess yeah uh, well, we don't have any How I Met Your Mother to talk about, so we don't have any similarities and differences to talk about. We can't talk about playing favorites. Um, we can, but it's going to be obvious that yeah, it's, it's friends. not Mystery Diner's <laughs> Strange Brew is the episode title. Well, uh, but we'll get to that later. I want to do our regular segments. Oh. Because I just wanted the Mystery Diner discussion to be like a little bonus at the end. I see. Okay. So I'm going to, if that's okay with you, I'm going to move on to my favorite segment to introduce. Okay. 
how were we doing? Okay. And this is where we look at the things that were happening in the world on the day that these episodes aired, or in this case, this episode. So Friends Season 1, Episode 23, the one with the birth, aired on Thursday, May 11th, 1995, uh, which is uh, a couple of things in the in the nerd sector <laughs> happened. Um, Sega of America began shipping the Saturn video game system in the U.S. So this is the first day that the Saturn, Sega huh. Saturn. I've never even heard of that. Uh, I've definitely heard of it, but I didn't. Uh, I had fr- I never had Sega. I was always a Nintendo gal. We were Nintendo, and then we had a Sega Genesis, and I remember playing, like, the Aladdin game. I had friends who had it, and I played, um, what's the one with the rings? The Sonic the Hedgehog? So- yeah, I loved Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog, had, and that remember, was on Sega. I remember playing Sonic on my friends. What was the Sega version of the Game Boy? There's people, like, yeah. at this point in our culture... You and I, like, not knowing about video games, like, we're the weird ones. Yeah. Like, video games are huge. Everyone plays video games. And we're, like, stuck in this old, uh, like, old way of thinking of, like, yeah. ah, video games. I we're, don't like, uh, yeah. So, what yeah, the, whatever the Sega version Sega. of the Game Boy was, yeah. I remember playing Sonic on my friends. But I was never a game, video game Oh, I very guy. much was, but Nintendo. Okay. And then I had a friend who had Nintendo 64, and that was real fun. Um... And then the other thing that happened on Thursday, May 11th, 1995, the first ever Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is now generally referred to as E3, mm. uh, a huge um, electronic entertainment convention uh, that happens at in, here in Los Angeles every year. This was the, 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 the beginning of the first E3 of all time. Mm. Never been to E3. Mm-mm. I definitely have friends who have, who have gone, uh, and I know it's a, it's a big deal. It's one of the big... Big nerd events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not using nerd as a pejorative, mm-hmm. to be clear. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk. I should have taken your collar off, though. It's all right. We got enough interruptions from all the sirens. Yeah. All right. Uh, top five songs in the U.S. All right. On this day. At number one. Should I, should I count these down? Yeah. I, so far, I've been going one to five, but... But you know why I think it's fun to go one to five is because the new additions to the list are always yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, okay. So I'll start with number one. Okay. This is how we do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get more obnoxious every time. Hopefully it'll leave the list soon. Uh, then Adina Howard's Freak Like Me, TLC's Red Light Special, Dion Ferris's I Know, and then coming in at number five, another truly terrible song. Oh, have you ever really loved a woman by Brian Adams? Oh God! <laughs> Just a sappy. Tell me, have you ever really, really ever loved a woman? Such a bad song. You need somebody. Yeah, it's gross that I know so many um, lyrics. It's like what's the uh, that song makes everything I do, I do it for you seem good. Which yeah. everything I do, I do it for you is not good. Yeah. I think... What was the song for Three Musketeers? Is that also a Brian Adams song? Yeah. Uh, well, now we're going to have to look that up, so you're going to have to vamp while, um, while I do this. I could be wrong, but I feel like it was... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shit. It's on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Okay. Like, All for One? Oh, All for Love is what it's called. It's called All for Love, and it's Brian Adams, right? It is... Uh, all oh. for One and All for Love. Hold on. That was on the Three Musketeers soundtrack. Hang on. Hang on. 
Um, that's my impression of Harry Potter for those at home. Now that he knows that, yeah. it's the only thing I can do. Harry Potter going, hang on. Um, okay. No, you also you also do going somewhere. Going. That's my Snape impression. Yeah. Going somewhere. Um, uh, okay, so it's Brian Adams. Remember, the movie is The Three Musketeers. This is not a Brian Adams song, although he wrote it. It's a Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting yes. song. Yes. Wait, how does it go? Because I'll do it all for one and all for love. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. How co- okay, so Brian Adams has um, one song that I really like. Do you know what it is? No. Um, Maybe you're all that I want. Oh, when you're I'm lying here in my arms. Yeah. Finding it hard to believe. We're in heaven. I'm sure the listeners love us mumble singing all the way yeah. through Brian Adams songs. I like that song. It's a very pretty song. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I don't think I like any other Brian Adams songs. There was that um, River song. Why do we know Brian. so much Brian Adams? Because we're we grew up in the age of Brian Adams. Yes. Um, have you ever seen any of his photography? Um. No. Oh. Uh, well, he has a book of photography. Um, that if I remember. Uh, Many Rivers to Cross? Is that what you're trying to think of? Hmm. I don't know what that is. Um, If I remember correctly, so I used to work at the Arclight. um, um, He's Canadian. Do you know that? I did know that, yes. Um, I used to work at the Arclight, which is a movie theater that doesn't exist anymore. And we carried a book of... um, Brian Adams photography in the gift shop. I liked working in the gift shop oh, at the yeah. Arclight because it was a place that I could work a full shift with talk while talking to as few people as possible, yeah. which is generally was generally my, um, uh, uh, what I was looking for in my sort of like not real job employment. Anytime I was like working retail or like mm-hmm. movie theater, like just make me not talk to people. Yeah. And what I remember is the first page, page one, the first photo in Brian Adams' book is a topless photo of pink. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, which I'm showing to Natalie right now. Wow. So the, um, I, I don't, that's what I think of when I think of Brian Adams as a photographer, is that he took that topless photo of pink. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's, that's how we were doing. Now let's move on to the next segment, which is Challenge Accepted, mm-hmm. in which we... <clears throat> predict what's going to happen on next week's episode. Okay. Uh, or rather, I predict, because you have nothing to predict, because there's no friends again next week. Oh, so we have to do this again with Mystery Diners. Yeah, we get to do this again. We get to do this again. Uh, but first, we have to look at how we did last week, mm-hmm. or how I did last week. Mm-hmm. Now, I, because the episode was called The One with the Birth, and the uh, episode ends with... Um, Ross finding out Carol's going into labor. I didn't want to make it too easy on myself. So um, uh, I I made an extra prediction. Do you remember this? I don't. Yes, I, I don't remember what it was, though. Oh, because I was fucking spot on. <gasps> I'm so proud of myself. Oh, it so was I said, like, Ross's kid is born, and I said, Ross and old Suze don't yes. exactly see eye to eye on the whole name biz. Yeah, you were spot on. So that, okay. That puts me, because we've had weeks where neither of us has gotten it right. Yes. Right now, you're at eight, and I'm at five. 
that puts me at six. The other thing I want to mention is that um, I... Sorry, listen, I know at the end of every episode, I'm like, email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. It turns out I had forgotten to forward that email address to my email address, so I wasn't getting your emails. So I got them, so now we do have a definitive answer on the Cameron Mannheim thing, which is that she's not a big enough guest star to, to, okay. to count as a guest star, which means I was wrong because I said she was a big enough guest star, but it also means I won that week. So now I have seven. So I thought I was mathematically out of this because I wasn't thinking about <gasps> the fact that there are two episodes. But if I get next week's prediction right... We're going to be neck and neck? Well, we would tie for the season because yeah. we're doing this every season. Yeah. So the deal is that whoever wins the, or whoever loses has to do- donate $500 to a charity of the winner's choice. Yes. If we, do- if we tie, I think we, we both, both pick a charity it. and each donate 250 Is that something? Yeah, that works. Um, but... Uh, I, when do I, we talk about our charities after next week? I think, yeah, I think we should both, since we can both potentially have one. Like I'm definitely donating some money. Yeah, I just don't know if it's going to be five hundred or two fifty. Yeah. So next week we should, before our next episode, we should find some charities, but don't tell each other. Okay. What? What? You don't like that? Because I already have one. Yeah, okay, you know it now. That's oh, fine. Okay. But we're not going to But it's not going to be a surprise. Uh, it is to me. I don't know what you're thinking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so season 1 episode 24 of Friends is called The One Where Rachel Finds Out. And I think uh, I'm going to have to just I think we're going to tie next week. Natalie, we're yeah. each going to owe 250 cuz I'm going to say you know this. Rachel finds out that Ross loves her. But do you know the 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 way in which she finds oh, out? I didn't until you said that. Oh, sorry. And now I think you've told me about it before we did this podcast. I think you told me about this scene before. Yeah. Which I, I didn't. I hadn't put two and two together that that yeah. was it. But um, but now that I remember, you've this told me is, about this scene before. This is one to watch. Okay. Um, I predict... This is not my official prediction. My official prediction is the one that's going to get us to a tie, which is very exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but uh, I also predict, personally, that I am not going to like this episode as much as I liked uh, the one with the birth. Okay. Because I loved the one, the one with the birth. Okay. Other than, I would say, we spent so little time, this is the first time we spent so little time talking about problematic things. I mean, we did talk about, like, a little bit of, like, a fat joke. Just a tiny bit, I talked about the, like, like, Susan not thinking that she qualifies for Mother's Day. Yeah. That's uh, a bummer. But uh, that's, uh, this was my favorite episode so far. Yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, our final segment, which we're calling... Natalie and David talk about 
their favorite show of all time, Mystery, Mystery Diners. Diners. And you should too. We picked an episode somewhat at random. We picked three episodes at random and then picked one because Which we, is, that we remembered. Yeah. Um, but this is a this is a way to always make a decision between the two of us. In, in our relationship, when we're indecisive, my... Oh, Greg's home. Oh, did he get some fast food or... He has a bag of something. I can't. Uh, I wish I'd looked. Okay, I'm it looked better at spotting uh, Carl's Jr. Logos. It looked like Carl's Jr. Okay. Um, if Could ever have been there's. Oh, I hope not. If ever is that still bad? Chick Fil A still bad? bad? It's still bad. Oh, okay. If ever there's indecision, my um, my uh, way to deal with it is pick three, and then I'll pick from that one. As far as like movies, where to eat, what to right. watch, right. it's always pick three. So so I picked three. David picked at three random. mystery diners, and I chose one, and I chose Strange Brew, season four, episode two. Yes, and so if you don't know the concept of the show. You're missing out. You're missing out. So it's a company and they hire mystery diners to like to figure out what's going on. Like say there's a drop in profits or um, foods like missing or the cash till is off or whatever. Like he's ferreting out reasons to fire people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So Charles Stiles and his crew are the mystery diners. They set up cameras all over, and then they put plants in. They have like a sting operation where they yeah. like have a fake employee and then a fake customer usually, and they uh, ferret out what's going on, what's going wrong with the restaurant. Yeah. Um, so this it's, episode, it's Newport it. Beach yeah. Brewing Company. From right here in SoCal. Yeah. Newport Beach, just, I would say, just... 40 minutes to two hours from us, depending on the time of day. (laughs) Yeah. Or the day of the week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Charles Stiles is probably the least charismatic person that's ever been on TV. (laughs) He's terrible. I I know. I, he, I used to say that about another food network personality Ann Burrell, but she, like grew on me. Now yeah. I kind of love Ann Farrell. Well, now it's Robert Irvine. That's like also lacks any charisma to us, to us. But I think not to get political here. We get political all the time. I think the kind of people who find Donald Trump charismatic are the kind of people who find Robert Irvine charismatic people who mm-hmm. find that like brusque, like okay. intimidating, like so, I mean, that's what Gordon Ramsay is, but he does it in a way that's also like giving, and there is charisma. Yeah, yeah. There Gordon, is humor. Gordon Ramsay is like a smarter, more compassionate Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure Gordon Ramsay's politics are not something we'd be nuts about, right? I don't know. When he talks to people, like sometimes it's kind of like there's a there's an empathy that Donald Trump. Right, but I'm st- I'm just saying his pol- like there are conservatives who can be, be nice empathy. to people. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. he might be he might have politics we, you and I wouldn't agree with. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, he's probably pro Brexit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we are so far. This is supposed to be like a brief segment. We're we haven't even. Barely There's no doubt in my it. mind though that Charles Stiles is a conservative Republican. Oh, but yeah, the, I mean the show Mystery Diners is very <laughs> yeah, conservative. Yeah, so we've talked about this before. It, yeah, and it's 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 so sus- like just reflexively suspicious yeah. of workers. Yes, like it's such a weird. Like, but it's also like view. very very like 
heteronormative, oh like God. to a gross degree. Really gross. And this, the business owner of Newport Beach Brewing Company is also very much that person. I mean, it's yeah. a kind of obvious, I mean, like Newport, Newport Beach, Beach very, Orange yeah. County, like we, yeah. we already know going into it, but he yeah, and Charles were very much like on the same page in every way. Oh, this, this owner cracked me up. I have so many, this is supposed to be a brief segment, but I have so many things to talk about. Um, so what's going on is there's like, there's been a decline in sales. This is like the whole conceit of the episode is like there's a decline in sales so they want to figure out what's going on it turns out and also he's reading reviews online of oh. people talking about buying beers at his brew co that they don't brew or serve. right such as cucumber, cucumber beer, beer or, or cinnamon or cinnamon beer that's right but the show is so bad where they don't even get they don't even get like an actual consultant to say you keep calling it lager or ale they're very different things yes, so they, they could there's say strawberry a lager strawberry, and strawberry ale yes i'm so glad you so noticed someone that too. like an editor didn't say like hey pick a side like it's probably going to be ale so don't keep calling it lager and then calling it ale in the next episode yeah so what's going on is what the um one of the brewmaster or no one of the one servers of the one of the bartenders yeah. is doing a homebrew strawberry lager or ale and selling it like for cash like yeah. from the basically like the trunk of his car yeah wait i'm sorry the trunk of his car the trunk of his car that's how charles styles let's get him down the, here yeah get him get him out here yeah. he's uh, i wrote down what he said it looks like he's pulling a cooler out of his trunk yeah yeah <laughs> oh but also charles like whenever he and it's usually like let's be honest like a sexy like buxom Blonde, his assistant, his assistant yeah, who works for him. Usually Amber. It's usually Amber. There's others too, but I mean, basically. But Amber's he's the like, best because we once saw her in person. Oh my gosh! When I tell you <laughs> that Cameron. we were starstruck, <laughs> I and we live in Los Angeles, so we see celebrities. But you and I both, when we were at yeah. the Oaks Tavern, I just saw Saul Rubinek lately yesterday. But who cares? Because we saw Amber, Amber from, from Mystery Diners. Diners at the Oaks Tavern. Yeah, and we both clocked it like we both saw her and we looked at each other yeah. and we're like how do we know her how do we know her and yeah. then when it occurred to us that she was amber like we nearly died that we didn't yeah. say hi to her yeah why, oh, why didn't we say you're amber from it was but it was a crate we were at the oaks tavern it was on saint patrick's day yeah which is not you and i aren't normal normally like go to the bar on saint no, patrick's it's a day people move. but yeah. like um that was a weird St. Patrick's Day, because we saw Amber at the yeah. Oaks Tavern. And she was like a drinker, like giving out like tequila shots um, or Jameson oh, that's shots. Right. She was working for Jameson. Yes. That's right. So the show didn't um, pay very, <laughs> very much. Um, but then do you remember what happened after um, we that same to, night? We went to a few bars. We, we went to the Chimney Sweep, which is a quick walk Yeah. Uh, from... Um, the Oaks Tavern. From the Oaks Tavern. And I, when I was closing out, saw, had another celebrity side, and this one I recognized, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Choi, you know that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. From Last Man on Earth, and yeah. he's in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, and I actually, like, talked to him while I was, like, waiting for, like, it was, like, closing out, and I was like, oh, I just saw the movie Gringo that you're in, and he was like, oh, yeah, I worked with Alan Ruck or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, great, great to meet you, and left. And then we were, like, on our way home, and I realized I had closed out but then left my credit card yeah. just sitting on the bar because i guess because i was so starstruck by kenneth joy and, you were still reeling from amber uh yeah um and there's like a barcade down ventura from uh uh 
from where the chimney sweep is. And we find out that in the like 20 minutes until maybe half hour before I realized yeah. I left my card, someone took my card, went to the barcade and bought like $85 worth of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, that's like a gutsy kind of cool move. Oh, Cause you know, you know, he's probably like, and I am making a general, uh, assumption assumption. Yeah. That it was a he. Yeah. That he like bought around for everyone. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, that's fun. Um, okay. So we got to get back to this. Okay. So, <laughs> but when, yeah, oh wait, well, I wanted to get back to the heteronormative stuff because yeah. there's a couple of things in this episode. Yes. First, when the, uh, the owner of the Newport Bruco is talking about beer, I like beer. And he says, what guy doesn't like beer? Mm, yeah. Which is like, what guy doesn't like beer? That's all like, it's stupid because like I, I grew up around beer drinkers of, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Everyone drinks Everyone beer no beer. matter what. Yeah. Natalie, you like certain beers. You don't like other beers, but you like beer. Yeah. Um, but I like also a really like, sweet strawberry <laughs> lager. <laughs> but it also, it reminds me of like, I, I once remember hearing a woman, I can't remember who she was, but she was talking about how like, she's like, I like burgers, but if a burger is on the menu and its name is like the man's manly burger or like the widow maker or whatever. Ew. She's like, I'm not going to order yeah. it. Like, so when you talk about that, you're like alienating eater. half of your yeah. customer base. So there was that, but then there was also, um, Charles telling Amber to go in and like flirt oh, when she goes in and flirts with him a little bit. Yeah. So it's like entrapment and, and yeah, we want to see like, maybe he's just showing off for a pretty girl. Like, okay. We all know that Amber's pretty, but yeah. like, don't use... I mean, you and I know for sure, because we saw her in person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stunning. Stunning. She's a stunner. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, a gross concept. Like, okay, go in there and flirt with her. Yeah. Go, Yeah, go in there and flirt with the bartender. So she does. Um, but, yeah, no, what I was trying to say before is that when Charles Stiles and his protege, like, go into a bar for the first time, it's usually to, like, sample what they're good at. So he's talking about the restaurant. And when Charles, like takes a sip or a bite of anything his reaction is just so disingenuous and awkward well that's really good (laughs) no he takes a sip of the beer and goes oh there's a really nice uh multi quality to it (laughs) and it's just so awful um what i wrote down is there's a part later where they get some of the strawberry ale or lager probably (laughs) ale and um they both taste it and the owner goes like oh it tastes like crap charles has the exact same reaction to the strawberry ale as he did had to as he had to the the bruco because he has no no reaction no reaction he doesn't show emotion whatsoever (laughs) but yeah he he keeps calling it crap beer and i so wanted a spit take like if there was ever an opportunity for a spit take it would have been that obnoxious owner doing it was really like because okay we haven't talked about like no he did say it tastes like it came from a bathtub uh, or was that amber Amber? okay um but so this uh, officially the genre of mystery diners is it's a reality show yeah but um you'd have to have been born yesterday to think that any of this is real it's It's so fake it's so fake and the owner i didn't i I, uh well his name is michael madlock i I didn't even write it down Uh, i didn't write it down either but i remember madlock because it's like matlock but he's mad yeah um (laughs) uh so mr madlock he's really doing some acting oh he's fuming (laughs) he's uh uh, he's jumping wait what are we champing at the bit yeah but like we say like jumping mad yeah hopping Hopping mad mad? yeah Yeah. he's hopping mad he's really like 
uh, really, really acting it up. Um, my favorite ones when he, he says, uh, cause they're selling out of a, out of a cooler, the cooler yeah. he got out of, out of his trunk. Yeah. Uh, he says, I run a brewery, not a tailgate party. Yeah. And it's so clear that like that, that was, line was given that was to written. him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Here, say this. Yeah. And I love that he sells it. Cause we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll cover more of these episodes and we'll get to owners who don't go all, all in. And that's kind of funny in its own way too. Yeah. But I like, as much as I probably don't like this guy, uh, yeah. I don't like the way that he scoffs at home brewer brewers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I scoff at home brewers because it's like, Kinda you know, it's cringe, point, yeah. but not, he's like, uh, this, like I'm the professional. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, uh, anyway, uh, sorry. Do you, did you have, did you have more to say? Oh, I have a lot more to say. Where do I start? <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, it turns out he's selling his own, um, strawberry ale or lager and people have to pay cash for it. It's $4. And the way that he's like stealing from the from the restaurant because it's also a restaurant it's like a brew right. pub um, if people want this special beer they have to pay cash and it's four dollars and it's cheaper than the Newport brewing like right. brews on tap so they're just making four dollars a glass and like when he pulls out the contents of his pockets it's just like eight ones it's just like <laughs> yeah. so sad um, and then like when the when the sting kind of like hits its like breaking point is like when the owner gets so mad, like I can't watch any more of this because they're watching from a control room. Yeah. Right. The whole time. Charles so Charles set up a, a control room sets up a control room. They, and they and also the narrator, we haven't talked about how the narrator walks us through all the camera placements, yeah. which always, there are like, <laughs> there's like a drink. You could do like a Mr. Daniels drinking game. Yeah. It starts with tonight. That's always like the, the intro is like, yeah, tonight on mystery diners. But then, there's a thing where there's like a 3D model of the restaurant and it shows you there are two cameras in the front of the, the bar, yeah. two at the brewery, yeah. two, and then it's like, and we, and then it's always something along the lines of we set up two cameras in the parking lot to track any action that happens outside. Tracking the action. <laughs> and so that like any action that happens outside, it's yeah. always how it ends, and you yeah. could drink again, you could have a drink uh, every time he says that. Um, there's also the employee that has the um, totally like conspicuous eyeglass cam yeah. when you'd be like, bro, what's up with your glasses? Like, are you like yeah, having trouble I, or I know we're not doing the same format as our normal, uh, episodes, yeah. but this is my mystery diners, but make it fashion moment. The eyeglass, <laughs> cam? The eyeglass cam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, um, that was Grant, the other mystery diner who was, uh, hired as a bar back. Yeah. Um, and he's also got, uh, a really funny, uh, well, I, I, again, we're not doing the same format, but if I had funniest moments, there's two of them. And one of them is when Grant is being like on Charles's, like at Charles's prodding, being like conspiratorial with Mike, yeah. the bartender. And then yeah. he ends the conversation with like a fist bump. Um, he does like a fist bump and then goes, Psh, like, does yeah. that exploding like, thing? I'm a cool, what would a cool guy do? Um, and then the other funniest thing was back to Mr. Madlock when he's, well, uh, you know what? I, I'll say, I'll save this. Cause you're going to get, you're going to talk about when they, he goes and gets the offender, Mike, the bartender. Yeah. So he grabs it. So, okay. Yeah. So the, the plant who like is wearing the eyeglass cam, right. Grant, Grant the, Grant the plant. Sometimes the like sexy girl is the employee of the restaurant who will like flirt with other yeah. employees. Yeah. Sometimes it's Charles's daughter. 
That's my daughter, even, you creep. <laughs> <laughs> we have to make sure we cover that episode oh, yeah. at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, Brittany. Brittany Styles? Oh, I thought it was Destiny. Destiny. Destiny Styles. Destiny Styles. Um, anyway, so yeah, the owner goes and like, get stop selling that crap. Get in here. Yeah. And brings the offending... Uh, Party? Party. Yeah. Into the control room. And that's always my favorite part is when the the guy or gal gets into the c- control room and, like, looks around, like, what is this place? Again, What's doing, going on doing here? Doing some acting. Yeah. 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 Anytime. What's funny is the people who are non-professionals. Yeah. Being bad at acting is not, it's, like, funny, but it's not surprising. What I hope we get to, we didn't really see any of this in this episode. Like, Charles is also so terrible at acting. He's terrible. One of my favorite things that the show will do sometimes is when they're watching the monitors, they got a bunch of monitors in the control room, and then something suspicious happens, and there's a shot of Charles noticing something. Yeah, like (laughs) a little "Hmm." eyebrow raise. Chin raise, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I love that. It's so bad. Yeah, and then there's Uh, always... like the offending employee will always like do like a bargaining, like, well, I was going to share the, this is for you. I was going to share the profits with you. I think it'd be great. And then the owner screams at him, you will never be a brewmaster. Yep. He says, I wrote down, you know, nothing. You will never be a brewmaster. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's hilarious. But again, the way this show, the way this show looks down on working people is, uh, it makes me feel gross when I watch it. I, 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 very happy to be laughing at, at this at show. Them, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely from the perspective of the wealthy business owner right. who's like being preyed upon by these lowly skeeving poor people, poor people yeah. um, who are trying to steal from them. Who know nothing and will never be brewmasters. So they'll never be brewmasters. Uh, was there anything else that you uh, wanted to mention in this? Um, there's always at this sh- on the show. There's always a little tag at the end, like four months later. It's always four months later. It's always four months, and it's always like so and so never worked as a like. It's it's like te- future telling in a way that like doesn't make any sense. Like Michael never worked in this town again, or like <laughs> Cherry got a job somewhere else, yeah. never to be heard from again. You know, yeah. like it's, it's all been four months. Yeah, you know. it's been four months. He, like he might very well work somewhere else. Like we don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I hadn't mentioned is the parts when like uh, uh, Charles and the owner are literally just narrating what we're seeing. Yeah. Now he's pull- he's bringing the cooler behind the bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coolers. <laughs> he's gonna bring it into the brewery. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you people, this is what you get for not, this is what happens for not voting on what we should, uh, we should talk about. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about mystery diners season four, episode two, strange brew. Um, should we, I'm wondering if we should put in the description of the, of the episode, which mystery diners we watch so that people, if people want to watch it, they want to can go to the, not, we're not here to shill for Discovery Plus. That's just where this happens to be. It just available. happens to be, yeah. So people can go to Discovery Plus and watch watch it. Maybe I'll, I will I, I will put that in the in the show description at least. Are they on YouTube? Did we fight? Like, Maybe the odd episode is. Yeah. Um, they're all odd episodes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And other than that, you can find uh, episodes of this podcast at battleshippretension.com. That's where you can find our P.O. box if you want to send us chunkies. <laughs> um, uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at DavyPretension. Email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Also, you can comment on at Battleship Retention. Like I said, tweet me. But yeah, email us at the one where I met your mother at com. That's the best way yeah. to uh, get both of us, get both of our attention. Yeah. Um, that's where you can find me. Battleship Retention is my other podcast where I talk about movies. That's where you can find me. Uh, Natalie, have you decided where you want the listeners to be able to find you on online? I want them to rate and review our podcast. Don't find me. On you iTunes. Can rate and review on iTunes. That helps us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the aforementioned uh, email addresses, we'd be happy to engage with you. Um, we're like parents disciplining a child. Like if you don't eat your dinner, you're going to go to bed hungry. Like if you don't tell us, we're going to keep watching Mystery Diners. Well, I think at this point we're going to keep watching Mystery Diners. I think that ship has sailed. Okay. I think we're going to keep laughing about Mystery Diners because... We've always wanted to do a Mr. Diners podcast, and this is like <laughs> this how is our, we're doing it. This is a, yeah. So, uh, yeah, other than that. Uh, until next time, see you in the control room. <laughs> <laughs>